0: Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Well, 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 after a week where NASCAR decided to drop the hammer on just about everyone, we have no penalties coming out of the Indy Road Course. That is a very good sign to see. I'm Brandon Monroe, and alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez, NASCAR's getting ready to go to Michigan this week, but I think uh, everyone's eyes right now—they um, are in the state of North Carolina. They're not going elsewhere, and that's because North Wilkesboro—they're back. We got racing back at North Wilkesboro, and I think that's something everybody's really excited about.
1: Yeah, I mean, people have been looking forward to it since they announced it. I believe earlier this year.
0: Yeah, or was a it last couple months ago? I think and, that's when they uh, really started getting the ball moving.
1: Have a full month of racing. Uh, month of August, and then they'll tear up the asphalt. They'll have a full month of dirt racing in the month of October. And everyone's hoping for its success, knowing full well that any future that the Speedway has is pretty contingent on these events doing well. And it's only been one day, but looked like a basically a sold out crowd yesterday.
0: Yeah, that, that first race was packed. I know Ryan Newman uh, went to victory lane in the first race. That's Pretty cool. Newman's had a good summer. Won an SRX race and gets to win the first race back at North Wilkesboro. Um, that race really meant a lot to him. I guess he's really close with, I guess, the Parsons family. And I guess that's something Benny Parsons. He always wanted to see racing back here, and I believe Newman was talking about Benny's wife, um, was someone who was really pushing for the track also coming back. And he's really emotional to win that race. Uh, you know, just seeing the highlights and and to him talk after something pretty cool to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just cool anyway. Anytime you get to see uh, Ryan Newman win another race, he'll be doing some more there This as uh, with more of the modifieds there as well. Uh, also, have Bob of the Bonnie there today mm-hmm. racing. I don't know if, if the main race he's racing in this is today. They, so many events going on, yeah. so much practice, so much qualifying.
0: Yeah, Bobby Bobby was in one of the modified races. I think they just wrapped one up, and Matt Hirschman actually took the checkered flag in that one. So, I know they have a couple races tonight. And then, Al, do you have the name of the person who won the second race last night? Because that's a, that's a pretty funny story, too.
1: I, off the top of my head, do not right now.
0: I yeah, I got to find that kid's name. But we had somebody win the second modified race there last night who might not have been alive when the last time we had races at that track. And I'm not talking about 1996. I think a lot of people forget about 10, 11 years ago, they tried getting North Wilkesboro back up and going. They did have some late model races there. Um, uh, with the second modified race last night was won by an 11-year-old, which that's pretty incredible when you think about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he quite literally may not have been alive last time they raced here and i'm sure it's funny because like i'm sure he doesn't even grasp like what he did like people can tell him how cool it was how important it is but he will never i feel like really understand the significance of it Mm -hmm. the fact that i mean most of us had thought we may never see racing here again period after the last attempt where they, you know, they got the track in race ready condition, ran races and for a little while, and then it kind of just stopped. And now, obviously, it's very contingent on how these events go. But last time, no one really thought it would change a whole lot. Maybe it ends up with like Arca or something going back to consistently, but no one really had high hopes for it. But after, even before this was announced there was certainly a growing feeling that we may see nascar in north Worldsboro someday and if these days continue to play out like last night did with uh, great racing and great excitement from the fans i think it's a very real pos- possibility probably never the cup cars uh but certainly the trucks at some point it certainly seem possible if this momentum
0: so Polly Hartwig the third that that was the kid's name, might have butchered that last name a little bit, but that's that's the eleven year old that won the crate modified series race there after the uh, the first race of the night. So that's a pretty cool story. Um, but back to what you were saying, I I think at this point, just through these first two nights, man, the the place is packed. You could tell how important it is to everybody that racing's back there. And this might not even be the biggest crowd, because I know comes the end of the month,
1: we got Dale
0: Earnhardt Jr. racing there. (laughs) So that was something that got announced. Um, I think he actually said back at Nashville that he was going to do the Cars Tour race when they do go there later on in August. But we got a sneak peek at the ride that he'll be uh, wheeling around the track, and it's a throwback to one of his 90s late models from when he drove at North Wilkesboro, you know, Almost 30 years ago, so I don't know sun drops on board. That's cool. Uh, everything's being produced: shirts, hats, t-shirts, koozies, bumper stickers, diecast. It's Dale Junior. I'm not surprised, but it's uh, it's gonna be really cool seeing him race there in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean Junior will be there a lot. I don't know if he's there tonight, but I know he was there last night.
0: Yeah, I saw him. He was uh, talking to uh, Ryan Newman a bit. So had uh,
1: he recorded recorded this podcast and then headed on down to North looks, and Obviously, won't be able to be there on the weekends just because his actual job. But I expect him to be there more often than not. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to me what the races in the middle of the month look like. If those are still doing anywhere near this, I think
0: it's a great sign of. uh,
1: A future at this track,
0: I think, you know, I I don't know what it's going to be like next year because they are going to be repaving the track, I would think, depending on how all that goes, Assuming SRX is still going next year, I think they're probably going to have a date. I feel like that's a safe bet. They were already teasing that, you know, before their schedule came out for this year. So that's a possibility. If you have SRX go back there, it wouldn't shock me if you saw, like, maybe a modified race, like a tour modified race, or potentially an Arca East race there as well. If those go well. I don't think we're that far off from seeing a truck race there, which I I don't know how much bigger it's going to get. I don't know if you're ever going to see Xfinity there. I don't know if you're ever going to see Cup there, but I definitely feel like the truck series is in play.
1: Yeah, the one thing, I don't know if there is any concrete plans about when or if it'll be repaved uh, after they tear up the pavement. Uh, so that's the only hang up I have currently about when there will be races there next year. Uh, obviously, should SRX return for season three, which for the record is no guarantee. Seems likely, I yeah, would say.
0: I'd say it seems likely.
1: I, I just know based off of what they the investors thought it would get and whether or not CBS will renew are, are some of the questions, but with their, them racing in June, July, like I, I don't know how quickly they plan to get to repaving the track. They could go there with the dirt track there. It seems That's unlikely, true. but it is possible.
0: Yeah, no, I guess I guess if there is a hold up there in terms of the paving and they can't do it right away next year and you want to wait, that that is a possibility. So that'll be interesting to see if they opt to go that route. But, man, I think uh, it's off to a good start. And I think yeah, we have already I mentioned just, it. Just yeah, we, we never thought this was going to happen again. So. I hope
1: that, because I imagine, you know, if they repave it, it'll also come with so a lot of the facilities need upgrading just to even be at the bare minimum to be able to host uh, truck races. But I hope they, they work to keep the old school feel of it.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I uh, think they're going to do that. The Winston
1: color scheme, the... Even if you don't need to have Winston obviously painted on all the buildings, but red and white, pretty iconic mm-hmm. color scheme, especially for that track, just because like it has—it's one of the few tracks that has remained in some kind of viewable condition from the night from the Winston era that still has, you know, the Winston the old NASCAR imaging on a lot of the other tracks. Right. Raced long enough that they were upgraded or have since just been torn down. Uh, so it was always a cool thing to see there, I hope. And I, I would imagine they continued to to have that kind of general vibe to it.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be a good idea, and uh, just hoping everything keeps going good. It'd be really cool to possibly get down there at some point for something bigger in the future. But moving on to the big series, the national series. Uh, We're going up to Michigan, first and only time this year. Xfinity Series looking pretty tight as always. I know there's a lot of people that I have my eyes on. AJ Allmendinger won here last year. Been looking good as of late, but I probably don't have him pegged on as the favorite for this race still.
1: Yeah, they've been showing more speed, but still I don't think enough to make them as the favorite the guy i'm going with is josh barry plus 500 uh very solid last year was this the first uh race he did in replace
0: of michael annette last year i can't remember i know i know he was at loudon because i remember him in the one car okay. at Loudoun, but okay. this was the first one that he really contended for the win in that car At one point, definitely looked like he had a chance to win. Late yellows came. I think the lack of experience at restarts on these big ovals got to him, but very impressive showing here last year.
1: No, very, very strong showing. Ultimately, I think finished fourth, but uh, was still, I mean, he was a rookie and was (laughs) still like, just gotten back into a visit the track for the first time. Very strong performance. And they've still shown very good speed every week. Uh, So that's my pick to win Josh Berry plus 500.
0: I hate to do this. I don't do this often because it does take away from some of the fun, but I'm also going with Josh Berry on this one. Um again, ran really good here last year. Junior Motorsports definitely better now than they were at this point last year as well. And Josh Berry's just a better driver right now, and that just comes from the you know, the more track time he's had with these cars and the style of racetrack. So I like Josh Berry. I um, really
1: wish he had gotten a shot when he was younger.
0: Uh, unfortunately, like a true shot, he, a true shot. He had a couple. Fortunately, Junior's not Santa Claus, and he no, <laughs> no, for sure, out. for sure. Just, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, with you. I wish he did.
1: He's clearly talented. He and had a race just...
0: like in 2015 where he was contending with Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch at Richmond. Like the the signs were there,
1: and just at 31, almost 32, just hard to imagine. Short of, I mean, it's possible. Should Junior move up? but I think one i I just based on the money, should Brandt bring enough that Alguire moves up? Algare is probably the first option just because of the funding he brings. And they definitely have to get more funding for for Josh Barry than what he has now,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, just because I think I mean, I think Gregson will be. Well, Long gone.
0: you know I, th- I thought you were going to say he'd be ahead of him for a 2nd second. I'm like, well, he's going to be gone, but you, you he yeah. beat me to it, yeah. If like,
1: somehow he's which seems very, very unlikely, he's still with them next year, then I think he becomes that number one candidate. Uh, just combination of funding and age. Uh, but I don't expect him to be
0: to be there. I, next year with you. I mean, all, all signs point to to him going to the cup series right now. It looks like GMS. Uh, petty gms so i'm with you i think gregson's off the table i think jr would love to get barry a cup ride but you know it, obviously sponsorship's gonna play a role and i guess it really does come down to are you starting the team from scratch are you buying into a pre-existing team that may or may not have sponsorship and there's, there's a lot of different things that have to play out before you really know for sure. I,
1: I will. It'll be interesting because obviously before a lot of the buying into teams made sense just because cup cars had their own engineers and everything. But with how much of it is just provided now, it'll be interesting to see like we a lot of uh, track houses improvement is contributed to them buying ganassi but they, i mean they're better than ganassi ever was oh
0: yeah no i mean so
1: like... i i i get the reasoning to do that but it'll it, it'll be interesting to see down the stretch if that continues to to same thing with with uh petty gms like they're better than petty has been at the bare minimum since they reduced down to one car
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i mean th- at least since early, early Richard Petty Motorsports when they were still kind of effectively, uh, Everham Gillette.
0: So, yeah. I, I think in terms of like, I,
1: I just, I don't think the benefit there is. Yeah. I don't think yeah. the benefit is as big as it used to be is, yeah. is my point. I think just track house got their stuff together and Ross Chastain while a wrecking boss sometimes is, very, very fast. Cause like Suarez is certainly doing better, but not as good as it feels like Trackhouse overall is doing better because of Ross Chastain.
0: Yeah. I mean, like Suarez, they, they had some bad luck there in the middle of the year. He probably could have made a run into the top 10 in points with how he's doing now. But he's I still
1: mean, probably. He's can. Outside
0: chant. Yeah. I think he's 12th uh, right now. Yeah. I, I don't know the
1: points. I don't really. know the gap. I don't know the gap, but I think he's, He's either 12th or 13th. He was, he might've been 12th last week and now Reddick is 12th, Uh, but it's Uh, one
0: of those. 13th right now, but he's only about, it's less than 50. It looks like 40 points back to Kevin Harvick, who's 10th. So not out of the realm of possibility that he could run into the top 10. So, I mean, they've definitely gotten it together.
1: We'll see. I do, unless someone else shows up with funding, I think there's a pretty good chance that It does seem that J.R.M. will have some starts next year in the Cup Series. Uh, If that's the case, I mean, I do think Barry, Allgaier are very, almost certainly the guys that will be in those
0: starts. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Looking at value picks, anybody catch your eye? Yeah, there were
1: a couple guys that I looked at. Brandon Jones, plus 1,500, second here last year. Uh, Riley Herbst has been pretty solid, plus 2,000. But the guy I'm going with is, uh, I think, maybe the same guy I went with last week, but Sheldon Creed, plus 3,000. Last week was a road course, and, and the Indy road course of that Not didn't get as crazy as the cup race, but still had its moments. Uh, so but b- before that, he had gotten two top fives, his first two top fives of the season. Even with the day they had yesterday, didn't lose any points to the cut line. I think still maybe even gained a little bit. So they do seem to have some momentum on their side still. Uh, so I like Sheldon Creed plus 3,000.
0: Yeah, I think they are definitely improving. Michigan, while not a plate track, it's closer to what I feel like you know, RCR could benefit mm-hmm, at, I mm-hmm. guess. So I definitely do like that one. I'm going a, someone a little higher up in the odds, or lower up. We always say that, and people always yell at us, what are you talking about? So just to make it clear, 1,500. So 15 to 1. John Hunter Nemechek driving the 26 car for Sam Hunt Racing. That team, I feel like, has gotten better over the last month or so when Nemechek hasn't been in the car. Now that he's back in it, based on what we saw out of him earlier in the year, I think those are some decent odds. Uh, he's been their best driver, in my opinion, when he's been in it, and... What I feel like, like I said, the team's been improving. I, I think that's not a bad look. Again, um, Sheldon Creed obviously plus three thousand. If you think RCR is going to be good this week, that's definitely the better one to throw a flyer on. But I am interested to see how John Hunter does, and I think there is an outside chance he could maybe contend in this race.
1: Oh, uh, certainly, certainly a possibility. He's been in the top five or to the top ten every race he's done this year. I don't. He certainly hasn't finished every time. I don't think. But has ran well, so would not be surprised to see him uh, be able to pull off the win here.
0: Mm -hmm. Even in the same hunt race, that would be pretty big for them. I mean, that's a team that's definitely come on, and uh, you know, you know, a couple years ago wasn't wasn't really a thing. I feel like they've only been around two or three years. So the fact that we're even talking about them possibly contending for wins is definitely a good sign. Uh. Looking at the driver props, any of those catch your eyes in the head-to-head yeah. matchup?
1: I like Sam Mayer over AJ Allmendinger plus one hundred and five for Sam Mayer, minus one hundred and twenty-five for AJ Allmendinger. Uh, these kinds of ovals are still where Jeremy has shown so much speed. Uh, came about as close as you're going to come in today's era of lap in the field at Charlotte. Uh, the only car that could really run with them at Texas was. Tyler Reddick, who is a, uh, uh, but still, uh, some people I saw earlier this week arguing that he is an elite talent. That might be true, but I think it's pushing it until he gets some better results. But it's still a well-established Cup guy that runs very well. Uh, so not all that shocking that he was able to go down to the Xfinity series and beat up on some guys. Uh, they had really good cars at Vegas, so I think they'll have good cars here at uh, Michigan. So I like Sam Mayer over AJ Allmendinger.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely like that one, um, just because, I mean, I don't know where colleagues at. I know AJ won this race last year, but they were a better team last year, and I do think they're improving. But I just don't know if they're at that point where I would 100% go with AJ over Uh I know two of the ones that I'm looking at, because they are the same odds, and I picked them to win the race. So I feel pretty good about it. Uh, Josh Berry, even money, plus 100 over Justin Allgaier, who's minus 120. You also get the same odds with Barry against Noah Gregson. So Barry plus 100, Gregson minus 120. Um, If I had to pick between the two, I'd definitely go with the Gregson one. We've seen in Josh Barry's wins, um, Justin Allgaier has been right behind him. So I think the the safer one would be the one over Gregson. I mean, they're all JRM cars, so it could be close either way. But the races that Barry's been really in contention for Gregson's been a little behind. So I'm going to go with that one over the one with Allgaier, but it is a uh, close. I mean, yeah, you're getting, good Aries. you're getting good odds either way on Barry.
1: Allgaier has been arguably the hottest driver in the series over the last couple months. So <laughs> I, I agree. I like I did look at both of those. I did like them. I do like over Gregson a little bit more than over Allgaier.
0: And then um, just one more to throw out there real quick. If uh, I mean, I this is one I probably like more than you, but you know, it was John Hunter Niemicek being with him being my uh, dark horse pick. Uh, plus 105 over AJ Omendinger at plus one, or minus plus or 125. So I don't feel strongly about that one as I do the ones with Barry or even Sam Mayer, just given that that's a junior motorsports car. But again, in head-to-head matchups, if you could find somebody that you feel good about with plus odds, uh, definitely worth taking a look at. So John Hunter Niemicek there as well being the underdog in that matchup, one that I would have circled as well. Um, moving over to the fantasy side. Um, I know for me it was a little tricky trying to put a team together here. Uh, do you have any, or better luck, anything that you feel strongly about here for the fantasy week?
1: Yeah, so I started off with the two Alpha Prime guys, Josh Blicky uh, 5,400, Ryan Ellis, 4,900. Uh, Ryan Ellis has been one of our favorites to play with. Here, I think I have to. I'd have to double check, but I think actually averaging more fantasy points a race than Daniel Hemrick. Uh, I'm sure there are other guys up there too. Has been no slouch, averaging around 24 points, and for 4900, like just great value there. Balicki, we haven't seen as many starts from uh, this year uh, in the Xfinity series anyway. Doing a lot of starts in Spire's second car, but has shown speed at times, and is certainly one of the better drivers that gets the Alpha Prime starts. Uh, so I expect him to do good as well at 5,400. Uh, then the next guy I have, Landon Castle, 8,200. Similar to AJ Elmendinger, they've been showing a little bit more speed lately. Uh, in the last four races, he's crossed the line in the top 11. I think even if their car was, I don't even remember where it was too high at, at Loudoun. It may have even been in a way that didn't help them. But even if it did, I think they still finished top 11 in that race pretty easily. Uh, so showed him some more speed has to pick it up a little bit with Creed coming and Sieg's been still consistent. So just right behind Castle. Uh, so, and with AJ winning last year and them having a little bit more speed, I could see them running well at 8,200. And then the other three guys I have not a whole lot to say about him. No, Gregson, Justin Algar, Josh Barry. uh, Gregson's been good. JRM's been great. algar has been among the hottest drivers on the circuit the last couple months, and Josh Berry almost won this race last year, and along with all their dominated, dominated the last medium to high banked oval we were at in uh, Charlotte. Kind of crazy that we have the schedule now at a point where it's been two months. Yeah, over over two months since we've been to like a high banked oval. Closest thing would probably be Nashville, which is not that high banked and also concrete.
0: Yeah, yeah, very different. Can't really draw any <laughs> comparisons there.
1: So pretty crazy. as worth a schedule. But that's my team. Gregson, Allgaier, Barry, Landon Castle, Josh Blicky, Ryan Ellis.
0: We have uh, we have similar teams. I also went with Ellis and Balicki. Um Just really low salary. Hard not to go with them, especially when that team, when they haven't run into issues. Last couple of weeks, it's been stuff not of their own doing, unfortunately. But when they're able to keep the cars clean, doesn't really matter who's in it. They're able to get you positive fantasy points. Next up, uh, Riley Herbst, 8,800. Again, just somebody that constantly has been improving this year. Hoping from a fantasy standpoint, maybe a little bit worse of a qualifying effort. That's something he's been really good at as of late. But I think... Even at 8,800, if you're making teams right before the race starts, if they have a little bit of a disappointing qualifying effort, if he's like around 15th, that's an easy play with how they've been running during the races as of late. And then to round out my team, very similar to yours, Sam Mayer, 9,400, Josh Berry, 10,300, and Justin Allgaier, 10,500. So I don't really have much to say. It's, It's pretty similar in terms of the guys on here.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I think Jaram will have a great day, and if they do, the teams will do well.
0: I mean, I feel like the difference there might be what Herbst instead of Castle, and then Mayor instead of Gregson. The other, the yeah, other I mean, was thing.
1: I. I do like Herbst more than Castle, but I didn't have the money for Herbst. Right. I like Gregson more than Mayor. Mayor's been on a little bit of a slouch; it just hasn't shown. Race winning speed, to where I'll take the I, I think Mayor is more of a downgrade over Gregson
0: than Castle over Herb. Yeah, but I think uh, I think those two will be interesting. We'll we'll see. I think having those JRM guys, regardless, feel very confident with Barry and Allgaier and Mayor. I am a little bit higher on him than you are, but. You know, If you have a way to work, Noah Gregson onto the team. I can't fault you for that. That's definitely a really good play as well. So that'll wrap up the Xfinity series. Moving over to the Cup side, we do have some news there. Obviously, we know about Austin Hill making his first career start for Richard Childress Racing. And it was also announced earlier today that Kurt Busch will not be in the 45 car once again this week. Ty Gibbs will continue to be in it as Kurt recovers from his concussion-like symptoms that, were, um, uh, that he suffered from his accident at Pocono.
1: Yeah, uh, I will say, Kurt, right uh, shortly before we started, maybe shortly after, I actually don't remember, but did tweet that he's actually at a Charlotte FC game right now. So hey, clearly, cool. clearly feeling well enough to be in allowed uh environment where there's a lot going on so i do expect to see him back in the car i think a lot of people are trying going a little bit off the deep end i get the concern with it um and i certainly think this is something now where even if he does race next year every time he takes a hit there's gonna be like a pause and a concern there uh would still not be shocking to see him retire at the end of the year. I fully expect him to be back in the car this year, though. There's no right now real rush to get him in there. Obviously, we could still end up with 17 winners Uh, gets a little bit less likely. Every race we go by that we don't get another one now. Uh, Obviously, Michigan an opportunity to as is Richmond Watkins Glen maybe a little bit less, but there are a couple names that have done good on road courses that have not gotten wins yet. Uh, I think if we get to 15 winners at some point, I think there's a lot more of a push from Kurt to get back in the car. But if we head into Daytona and there's still only 15 winners, uh, I would not be surprised if the next time we see Kurt is at Darlington.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. Um, It's, it's just safer that way with, With how, well, with what we know about concussions now, even it's so much greater the knowledge we have compared to, you know, say when Dale Jr. was going through this stuff five, six years ago at this point. Um, With how the point system works and the playoff system, if we don't, if that team doesn't feel like, hey, we're going to get to 17 winners, there's really not a need to rush Kurt back into the car to secure a playoff spot
1: personally, I think even if he gets cleared, he should start and get out at Daytona. It's just not, unless they're in a honestly, even if they're in a situation where they might have to win, I still don't think it's worth it to be honest, but that's the only, like, even if he gets cleared for Richmond, I, if I was him, I would probably end up effectively sitting out Daytona.
0: Yeah, I don't, it's one of those things because I know we've heard NASCAR they said they would look at these situations. I mean, we we saw it with Hosovar at, um, what was it, Sonoma? Where they were talking, like, um, I can't remember. Did they say if a win there would qualify him for the playoffs or not still? Uh, I remember there was, there. it wasn't as cut and dry as it normally was. I remember there were some issues going on there with if the win would get him in or not.
1: I don't. I think you might be right, but I think that also the logic might have been because Suarez is a cup guy. But I don't.
0: That's, that's fair.
1: That I is don't fair. remember for sure.
0: I think I think you're right. I think that was the logic behind it because you don't want a cup guy in that situation dropping down and punching a ticket into the playoffs for a regular season truck driver. So NASCAR might be a little bit more lenient in this case where if Kurt starts a race.
1: I mean, I will say, it it's in else. a position where, like, we go to, to Daytona and there are 16 winners and he literally has to win to get in.
0: Or just have somebody else that's like, won.
1: Well, you guys sorry, if there's 17 yeah. winners and he has to win to yeah. get in, mm-hmm. then he probably races. If there's 16 winners, then, like, you just need a guy to not win. That's a little bit
0: yeah, different of a situation. But I, I don't know what NASCAR do. I mean, I know they also talked about it because... I think this got brought up, and I don't know if they actually addressed this, but I know we joked about it a couple years ago. I think it was when Austin Dillon was in the playoffs, and they had the Roval as the cut race, and we joked, like, man, should Richard just have Austin get out of the car after one lap, and they put Kaz in the car because he ran so good at the Daytona road course? Like, I think something like that. Yeah, there's, NASCAR would be with, frowning with, upon that. Yeah,
1: with the medical reason here, I'm sure they'd get clearance from NASCAR before. Yeah, it would count, and I'm sure in this case NASCAR would uh, make an exception uh, for it counting if Kurt was still in any kind of risk, which I mean he's inherently going to be. Right. I, I will say that that Bob also tweeted that his expectation is if that if there is any chance that Kurt is cleared before even bristol so the cut race for that first round he expects kurt to get the 16th playoff spot should he still be the one that is like obviously if we have 16 17 winners and he's the bottom of them then he would be excluded but should there be uh, 16 winners or fewer like we have now and Kurt's spot would be fine if he was racing Uh, he expects that even if he still were to miss darlington and uh kansas as long as they think there is a chance he could race by uh, by bristol he would get that last spot
0: yeah i know that's something that people brought up and I, i think that's fair because the way the playoff system works if you when you advance doesn't matter about the first two races obviously it helps in terms of getting in on points but if he shows up for bristol he would have a chance to advance i i think that makes sense i know me personally for kurt like you were saying before, I think a lot of people are just really freaking out. I don't want to say over nothing, because concussions are serious, but they're really... I think they're getting a little too worried right now. Me, personally, I'm not going to be worried about Kurt until if we get to Darlington and he's not in the car. Then yeah, the, I would be concerned.
1: The fact that he's out at a, a soccer game, that he was at the some version of the command center uh last weekend I fully expect him to to be in the car no later than Darlington still would not be surprised to see him in before to be honest uh just because you really want the first time you're back in the car to be the first playoff race uh but I fully expect him to be back I think there'd be a lot more murmurs about it not just from random people speculating if they felt there was truly a chance he wasn't back in by Darlington.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, while it was disappointing to see Kurt still sidelined, I think things are trending in the right direction. Um, and we did mention, once again, Ty Gibbs going to be in the 45 car this week, so getting some very important seat time As you know, I think until Kyle Busch's future is 100% determined, we're all going to be looking really closely at how he does, knowing he could be in position for a cup ride next year. Obviously, looking at the odds, Ty, Ty I mean, Gibbs not somebody that is uh, going to be on our radar in terms of winning. DraftKings has him at plus 5,000, so very much a long shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, what do you expect? Uh, I mean, this does feel like a track that he'd be more likely to perform better at, but I I would still be pretty shocked if he came away with a win. Uh, did you know that <laughs> my last three picks have ended up having pretty interesting weekends?
0: Let's run through them real quick. Uh, the we three? had
1: we had Kyle Bush at Loudon, which while he finished like 11th or 12th, did wind up spinning like two or three times.
0: He has not pretty been good at Loudon the last three races I've been to. I will pretty. leave it. At that. Hey, to
1: be fair, one of those races wasn't he leading?
0: He was, when, but he <laughs> backed it in the fence because of the rain. It wasn't
1: his fault. That's all my point is. Uh, Blaney at Pocono, who first had a tire go down, I believe. Yep. And then spun it off a three with uh, no warning, which we'd seen happen to some guys, but I don't think we had seen happen in the actual cup race before that. Not without, uh, maybe Cindric did.
0: Yeah, Cindric. Cindric wiped out there in the same turn earlier. In the uh,
1: and then last week I picked Kyle Larson, who <laughs> had his issues with laps down, and then we still don't know what, don't want to speculate too much. I mean, we will talk about it next weekend, because I do think we will have plenty of people asking questions to various Hendrick people, including Larson this weekend, but we don't still, you know, there's the official version from Hendrick, which is, is uh, some kind of error on Kyle Larson's part, which seems... Unlikely.
0: Oh, oh, unlikely. Ooh, all right.
1: I mean, Kyle Larson's a pretty. It, the only error I could see this happening is that Kyle Larson had every intention because I this was, this was all stuff I heard people say, but that he talked about maybe taking the, just because at that point they what are they doing? They're just messing around basically. Two laps down, uh, taking the access road, and so the only thing that is driver error that does not seem very suspicious to me is if he planned to take the access road to there and just misjudged how close he was to Stenhouse and Ty Dillon and realized he was going to run into the back of Stenhouse so instead tried to cut across the curb and hit neither of them uh otherwise driver forgetting where the brake is especially like where your braking zone is especially a driver of Kyle Larson's caliber pretty pretty strange
0: yeah that's if, pretty if,
1: odd. if they ran this track in the normal direction i'd buy it a whole lot more <laughs> than the fact that they run it in reverse so i'm sure we'll know more we'll have more quote whether or not we actually know more who knows but i'm sure we'll have more quote next week mm-hmm. uh so yeah so larson very interesting day uh, my pick this week is denny hamlin plus 750. they've had speed they don't always. As long as they don't have to turn right, anyway. Once they have to turn right, weird things happen to to them. Spun, Denny Hamlin himself spun out a couple times last week. Uh, but I mean, they've had speed. The Toyotas have had speed. This is a uh, track he's won out a couple times uh, over the last ten races. He had the third best average finish here. And I, I, I after the Pocono DQ, I think they're going to get another one before the playoffs. It's not this weekend. I'm probably picking Truex next weekend just because I want full chaos and we need more winners for that. But I mean, Denny will be riding contention next weekend too if he doesn't. Win. But I think he has a good shot of winning this weekend.
0: I would, I would definitely agree with the Denny pick. I'm going with Chase Elliott. I'm being boring once again. I mean, Michigan in 11 starts, he has 10 top tens here. Couple of second place finishes, an average finish of seven point seven, and Hendrick Motorsports, at least Chase, anyways, is firing on all cylinders so. in the midst of a great season right now. So,
1: full disclosure, I had, I was thinking about picking Chase, although I was pretty sure you were going to do it. <laughs> but then I realized how badly my last three picks have done.
0: Just don't want to, don't want to mess with your driver.
1: No, not particularly. Not. Pr- I'd rather just get the pick wrong, and you know end up celebrating a chase there's it's very low payoff when i pick chase to win Mm -hmm. like you know that's kind of always been my philosophy with betting like yeah i'm happy he won and i i was right but if he doesn't win then i'm sad he didn't win and i'm wrong
0: yeah no that's that's very fair um also just to add to that that 7.7 average finish uh best on an oval the only tracks that he has a better average finish at Watkins Glen, the Roval, Coda, and Road America.
1: So uh, I will say it would. I don't remember exactly where he crossed the line. Nashville would have been pretty close if they had had one more tight lug nut.
0: Yeah, if he, if he didn't drop, because I mean, like, they dropped all the way back there, too, at the end. Like, I think he, qual- I think he finished that race 11th.
1: Uh, it was 11th, 12th, 13th, somewhere in there. But well, they spent almost the whole race running in the top ten. Top you're, five. you're
0: probably looking at something around like uh, you know, if assuming they didn't have the lug nut, if he finishes in the top five, yeah, no, it's definitely better than
1: we can, you know, there are a lot of times things like uh Gregson and Castle's DQ, Denny's DQ, they could be like, Well, you know, you don't know what kind of speed they lost. This was a loose lug nut. They lost yeah. speed from having the loose lug nut. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's very true. <laughs> Not to mention, too, I mean, like the Chevy's that day. It's at least last year there the Chevys. i mean it was really kyle larson they were on point all day obviously yeah, mi- Toyotas there this past time they were they were the car-
1: definitely the track that chase has been the best at it that he hasn't won at yeah there have been other tracks where he's had a lot of good races bristol darlington come to mind but michigan always seems to be a threat there
0: yeah so i definitely like the chase pick uh you know I think what every year in the modern era we've had somebody get to five wins at least. For a little while, I wasn't so sure, but you know, Chase's run and then the DQ at Pocono that allowed him to pick up his fourth win does seem likely someone will get to five. And I'm beginning to think it might be before we get to race 26 at Daytona. So,
1: well, I mean, at this point, it's it's
0: almost certainly Chase or nobody. (laughs) Oh, fair. That's probably true. <laughs> what would be crazy is if we got Chase at like five or six wins going out to, day- out to Daytona, and the other two races were won by different people, so we still had like 16 winners. That would be pretty nuts. That
1: would be pretty crazy. Pretty <laughs> crazy.
0: Um, who are you looking at for your uh, value pick?
1: I there There are some guys I think that have pretty interesting value. Obviously, there is some concern with ford uh but if they somehow showed any kind of of legitimate speed this weekend guys like joey logano who has joey won here
0: yeah he has Uh, a couple of times i think uh chase finished second to him i want to say in 2016 and he won one of those 550 high horsepower or low horsepower don't want to talk about races in 2018 yeah joey's won here
1: (laughs) uh Obviously, I mean he he could still, I feel like, win any weekend, run twentieth any weekend. It's just kind of what Joey's been doing. Uh Harvick, speed-wise, this is uh uh this is one of his best tracks. Won four of the last ten races here, has an average finish of five point nine in that span. Uh obviously pretty good there. A guy like Eric Jones was, was pretty good at Fontana. And uh, been his best tracks have probably been those uh mile and a half bank tracks, which obviously is two miler, but Michigan probably races closer to those than it does to Fontana. Uh, but I'm going with Bubba Wallace plus 2,500. Uh, his best results have come on the bigger track. They did a tire test here. Uh, he's has a top 10 here before, which he doesn't have a top 10, ton of top 10s in his career. So that's always a a good thing to see. Uh, Right now he's on the hottest streak of his career has three top 10s, including two top fives. And has never even had more than three top fives in a season. So certainly have righted the ship in terms of their issues. You know, they, they could come back at any moment, but Kansas, one not the very last uh, banked oval we went to, but the one right before it, uh, had a car that could have at least competed for the win. Who knows what it shakes out if they don't have their multiple issues there, but they still managed to run up and get a top 10. Uh, I know this is a track that... 2311 and Bubba himself have had circled for a while as a, as the place that they felt pretty confident about. So Bubba Wallace, 2,500.
0: Not bad. I know that team definitely feels like they're improving. And I do feel like with Kurt being out, all the focus is going to be on the 23 to, car to get him away.
1: To be fair, I think all the focus would have been on the 23 car anyway. but If Kurt wasn't injured. Kurt was yeah. it was had been running good. Was in a spot that he probably almost certainly was not going to be that bottom guy. So I I think they would have Fair. been focused there anyway.
0: All right. we don't even need to debate it though because with Ty Gibbs and the the forty five, yeah, we're not. Obviously, you want to see Ty run well, but they're they're not going to care if he finishes you know third or finishes twenty third as long as the car gets brought home in one piece. I'm going further down the list here. I'm looking at austin dylan plus plus five thousand for my value guy michigan is a track that austin's had a bunch of success at it has been kind of feast or famine sometimes he's looked really good and he's had stuff happen to him like last year where he almost ended upside down on the front stretch when brad keselowski didn't realize the stage was over or didn't realize where he was on the racetrack in relation to austin very unfortunate there Because Austin was in a battle with Tyler Reddick for that last playoff spot in points, and that really did him in, unfortunately. But again, it's a track that he's had success at. You've seen him have top five, top ten runs here. RCR's looking a lot better. I know, obviously, Austin, not to the level, say, Tyler Reddick is. But when you're going to a track where you have had success, I think he's probably going to have a little bit of extra pep in his step going in here. And obviously, at this point, he does need a win to make the playoffs. but. Plus 5,000 for somebody that has had shown speed here for a team that is a lot better right now than they were previously in years past. Austin, um, God make something happen. He's my dark horse. I'll keep an eye on him. Plus 5,000, probably going to sprinkle a little bit of money in there as well because that would be a pretty nice hit if he does pull off the upset.
1: Yeah, I mean, just I know that their cars are better, but Austin Dillon being at the same uh, level as Ty, same odds as Ty Gibbs is pretty, pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just one of those things, and you know how it works too. Sometimes a name like Ty Gibbs that might get people who aren't into betting as much just throwing money on them. Like, I, I feel like that might be a popular one where you have not big bets but small bets on and. I'm with you. There probably should be a little bit of a difference there, but eh, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not pick putting my money on ties, so I, I don't really need to worry about that there. Looking at the group bets, we have Group A, Chase Elliott plus 240, Kyle Busch plus 260, Kyle Larson plus 270, Denny Hamlin plus 280. I mean, we're we're both locked into our guys here. Don't really need to talk about that, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's true. Pretty pretty locked in there. To be fair, I also think Larson has a very good chance to have a a very good very good weekend.
0: I mean, Michigan is one of his best tracks on the schedule, so that is a very fair thing to say. But because of who we're going with, I'm taking Chase at plus two forty, and you'd be going with Denny at plus two eighty. Going to Group B. We have the human wrecking ball himself, Ross Chastain, at plus 220. Tyler Reddick, plus 240. William Byron, plus 300. Ryan Blaney, at plus 300. Some very interesting choices here, because, I mean, Byron almost won this race last year. Blaney did win this race last year. and Then you have Tyler Reddick coming off of a win, and Ross Chastain consistently has been the best out of all four of these drivers so far.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to keep hoping that... William Byron gets it turned around, so I've picked William Byron here.
0: I think I'm going to take the easy way out and go with Ross on this one. I just, If I'm going to go with somebody else, it'd probably be Ryan Blaney. But the Fords are so hot and cold, this might be one that I wait until after practice. Normally, the group bets, they do have some changes. I know last week they did, but road courses, they seem to really go wild in terms of odds changes later on in the week after practice and qualifying. I, I feel like DraftKings doesn't really have a a great gauge on how to set these before the cars hit the track. The ovals, unless something happens where the other three guys qualify really bad and one of them is like on the pole, I don't expect much of a change in the odds here. Right now, I'm going to go with Ross Chastain at plus 220, but again, this might be something I hold off on. Maybe take a look at Ryan Blaney after practice and qualifying. Group C, we have Martin Truex Jr. plus 220, Christopher Bell plus 220, Joey Logano at plus 300, and Alex Bowman at plus 340.
1: I'm going here with Christopher Bell. Uh, Ford's issues, and Logano, I feel like, is kind of just the epitome of him, who's been the most inconsistent guy. Uh, definitely staying away from him. Bowman, they just haven't... like. They've probably been finishing a little bit uh, right around Byron, but I feel like Byron still has more speed than them. True tricks Bell, both obviously could contend with the Toyota power and what we've seen from Toyota, but I think Bell's just been the best Toyota from speed, consistency, all of it. I just think Bell's been the guy, so I'm going with Christopher Bell here.
0: I am right there with you. I feel like Christopher Bell has been the best Toyota probably since mid to late spring. They're definitely the most consistent. They're the only one that I don't really worry about when they unload. I think the only reason why I've been turned off a little bit betting on him is because I hammered him at Gateway, and instead of contending for the win, he ran like seventh all day. (laughs) Oh, that's such a bad day. (laughs) But for this, I'm with you. I don't trust the Fords. Alex Bowman, I don't trust either. So it comes down to the two teammates, and I have more faith in Christopher Bell than Martin Truex Jr. right now. So give me Christopher Bell at plus 220 as well. Group D, Kevin Harvick, plus 260, Daniel Suarez, plus 260, and then Eric Jones and Bubba Wallace at plus 270. You already have Bubba as your dark horse pick. I'm a, I'm assuming you're going to keep it that way here and go with him in this group as well.
1: Yeah, I'm going with, with Bubba here. I, I To be fair, this, I, and I think the odds reflect that, I do feel like is the most up in the air one. If Ford brings speed, Harvick could certainly contend, uh, and Eric Jones and Daniel Suarez have had Speed it comes and goes. Swords definitely had a little bit more than Eric Jones, but I I really do think anyone from this one could emerge as the top finish. But I am going with Bubba.
0: I'm going to be a little different here because (laughs) I was going to go Bubba, but then after thinking about it a little bit, still don't really trust that pit crew. (laughs) I know they've had changes and you know they've had some better luck. Lately, they've still had some issues, but I'm not worried about the speed. I kind of look at this as a whole team thing, and you know, if there's a late pit stop or something in these races, because we've seen it at Michigan before, whether it be a late, you know, green flag run, green flag pit stops at the end, late pit stops there, or even a late yellow, something along those lines. Um, I'm going Kevin Harvick at plus two sixty. Just not a hundred percent sold on Bubba right here. It's one of those things where it's not the driver, it's the team. I think the speed's there in the cars, and I think the driver can get it done, at least in terms of this group matchup, but I'm I'm still a little worried about that team. So I'll take a little bit of the safer option here. Kevin Harvick obviously really good at Michigan, so we'll uh we'll go with him at plus two sixty for group D. So going over to the fantasy side for the Cup Series. Uh, another one where I think you can put together a lot of different combinations again this week. You know, some weeks it's pretty straightforward. You know there's a couple guys that are going to do the job for you. and uh, This is another one when it comes to how the salaries are made. I, I feel like it's a little wide open.
1: Yeah, I started off with Kyle Larson, 10700 we already talked about this has been one of his better tracks. Uh, three wins in the last 10 races here. Only eight starts in them since he took his vacation for undisclosed reasons in 2020. Uh, mm. <laughs> he has, since 2016, when he first won, so since he was officially a Cup Series winner, across all tracks, he has an average... For, uh, this is his third best track in active tracks, anyway. with average finish 7.9. Behind only Dover, where we also know he's very good at, and Nashville, where we've won two ra- we've ran two races, and he's won one of them. Uh, other track for the record, is Chicagoland, which is also not surprising. Uh, third guy, Denny Hamlin, ten thousand three hundred. Uh, already talked about him. Kevin Harvick is the fourth guy at eight thousand four hundred. Uh, mentioned before, he has a lot of success here, and I think you can make an argument that in recent weekends he's been the arguably the best Ford uh he's only behind the Penske cars and points earned and that includes uh having two dnfs and uh losing what would have certainly been a top five at Pocono due to Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin whoever you want to uh attribute that to either way uh Harvick lost out on several points there uh Bubba Wallace is my next guy at 7400 then I have Ricky Stenhouse at sixty seven hundred. He has had pretty good speed at some of the high bank tracks, uh, Fontana, Kansas, Charlotte. He all finished. He finished in the top ten and all of them. Had pretty good speed at them. So I, I think he could get. They could get their first top ten since that streak uh, here at Michigan. Last guy I have certainly a wild card, but Austin Hill sixty four hundred. He's in good equipment. This seems like the kind of track that would suit him. Obviously, if we get to practice and he is. What are they? Probably 30. I
0: think there's 37. 30, think there's, 30, there's 37
1: audio. cars, but there's like, so like if he's only ahead of like Spire and then the other, you know, Rick Ware, uh, live fast, then maybe I bench him. But I I could see him easily running top 15, top 20 here. Um, and depending on when he starts, obviously depends on that too. But at 6,400, that's just pretty good value for the level of equipment he's in. You don't really have, we've talked about this before, but you don't really have those like really good value guys in the Cup Series just because it's much rarer for your Corey LaJoy's to go run top 15 in the Cup Series than in either of the other two series. Right. And then it's even rarer for your Josh Balickies or your Cody Wares to even get a top 20.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, this is, uh, this is another one we got. A lot of similarities I like here um i also have austin hill on my team 6400 again just given the equipment he's in you're not going to find somebody with that good equipment at that price so i'm with you a little bit of a wild card if it doesn't look good after practice maybe find a substitution for him on one of those teams i also have stenhouse um i feel like this could be a pretty good week for him they had a pretty solid run at the Indy road course after starting in the back I know Michigan sometimes gets comparisons to Auto Club. I know we both agree, not so much, especially with the surface. There's there's a lot of differences, even though they're both two miles and you know banked ovals. That's it's not a direct comparison, but he did have a good run there in February, so I'm gonna throw Stenhouse on a team. I think he could have some good momentum after a pretty solid comeback last week. Next up, Austin Dillon, 7,300. He's my dark horse pick. He's historically had some good runs here. If he could keep the car clean, I'd expect him to probably contend for a top 10. We start moving into the heavy hitters. Christopher Bell, obviously my favorite Toyota play at the moment. 9,000 in the salary. I think that's probably a little bit underrated for him, so pretty solid get there. Tyler Reddick, 9,700. Can't believe I have a team. With all three RCR cars on it, but that's what we're rolling with on this. Coming off of another win, obviously, again, not to say that this track is a direct comparison to Auto Club, but he did look like he had a car to win that race earlier in the year. So, Reddick at 9,700, definitely someone to look at. And then, rounding out my team, my guy to win the race, Chase Elliott, 10,900, just Hot streak he's on. He probably would have had another top two finish if it wasn't for all the yellows and being taken out on one of those restarts at the end last week. So, you know, probably the hottest he's been in the Cup Series in his career right now. And I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. And uh, that's why he's on the team. So that's what we're looking at there. I'm feeling pretty good about the fantasy side going into this weekend. Probably has to do with me having a good weekend last week, but. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun watching these guys race at Michigan on Sunday and Saturday. I think we're probably going to see some really good racing. I mean, this new car has been almost perfect, I feel like, on these ovals so far.
1: I, I do think not that a good race will necessarily guarantee this, but I do feel like a bad race here, which seems unlikely, but I do feel like a bad race here would effectively doom any chance of Fontana remaining at two miles, yeah, i've I've said it all year. Certainly, think even if it's a great race, they could still make the move. From a lot of perspective, making the move makes a lot of sense.
0: it It does financially. Uh, That's really what it comes down to,
1: but i I do think there is a chance if the race is great, then there's some has there's maybe some hesitation at, at not keeping one of the few two mile tracks left. not, I mean, j- honestly, in the world, that yeah, are, that
0: are ovals. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, just looking at Auto Club, tell I me mean, they, they've already kind of changed it because initially it was supposed to be just a half mile. And I think they've lengthened out that new proposed short track to like two thirds of a mile. So yeah, it's already I, changed.
1: I do know pretty, pretty quickly after the first uh, announcement, there was some talk that there might have to be a change just because the transitions weren't working quite the way they wanted to. So, I, I mean, I think we could continue to see uh, sea changes potentially, uh, certainly not set in stone. Uh, I know that there were reportedly some bleachers removed, but I mean, that was that probably should have happened anyway, to be perfectly honest.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but I do think, a the, the, to me, uh, the concern's always been look at what happened to Michigan when we repaved it. Sure, it was fast, but it was been kind of it has its moments but it's not been great over the last 10 years uh, just because really the, like
0: the, the only good repave they did was like Kansas like I feel like just, the only one out of the box that had good racing
1: one and the, the other problem too you know we didn't necessarily get this with Kentucky or Texas because they couldn't just repave them they had to ruin the tracks too so it's kind of an irrelevant point but the Michigan surface just didn't wear no
0: no not uh, at all
1: at all like even you know they have pretty hot summers and obviously very cold winters which are a lot of the you know the weather changes are a lot what can affect uh, the weathering of the track and it just hasn't aged so i I definitely get some of the concern people seem to easily forget what races at fontana were like before 10 years ago
0: oh yeah or or 12
1: 13 14 years ago like they were not great i i still love the track it's my home track and the racing was different, and it was just always cool to see the cars there. Uh, but, the racing wasn't great, and so all these fans uh, that demand it just be before the season anyway it's obviously I think a lot more people realize that maybe the racing could be good even if the the pavement was brand new, but a lot of what makes the racing great there has been the age of it, particularly these last ten or so years
0: <laughs>
1: and all these people now that talk about. Uh, oh no, we got to leave it two miles Would a lot of them would be the same people that in five years will be complaining about how boring the races are. Uh, if it then just went back to racing like it did 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. Obvious,
1: and so obviously if Michigan now is a very racy race, something we haven't really seen before this year in a while. It, it helps support the idea that you could repay Fontana and the races would still be good because they certainly will not be like what we've seen. And, Inevitably, a repavement or a completely remodeling of Fontana has to happen eventually.
0: Yeah. I mean, just from a financial standpoint, with land being so valuable out there, I think going to the short track is still going to be their number one plan. But I mean, if you go out there at Michigan and you just put on a show, if it's something crazy with, you know, side by side racing, slingshots, 30 plus lead changes, it's going to be a hard sell to say, hey, we're going to make. Fontana short track when if there is a weak spot with these cars right now, probably the short tracks. So
1: yeah, I mean, it kind of felt like the short tracks and the flat tracks and we've had a couple flat tracks and the races have been pretty good. We're We're, solid. Yeah, good. So we'll see we have a a big test with Richmond, which I don't think was that bad of a race. I just feel like it was like a stand it didn't change with this car.
0: Standard it race. felt
1: it felt like the same Richmond race we've been getting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh so I mean if it's a great race, then I think it's that's really I feel like our only place of concern. You have to if every race is exciting, eventually no races are. Um so I I am okay with races that aren't the most exciting, and I've said all season, if now obviously notwithstanding the fact that Phoenix is the finale. But if Phoenix and Richmond, if if the races we got there are our boring races of the season, we're in a pretty good spot.
0: Yeah. And I'll say this Richmond race coming up, too, next week, like, it's going to be hot and slick there. Like, I don't think we've run Richmond during the day in the middle of the summer before. We've had, you know, some night races and even some day races in the spring where it's been hot. But this this could be a little bit of a different animal. It have wouldn't shock ever, you. It have, different.
1: Have we ever had the chase race the the or not the chase race? I guess, but or the, even the, the two. Race. Have we ever had it rain delayed?
0: Um, two thousand eight. That race was during the day. Okay. I think even maybe even two thousand. I don't know seven seven. I think was the spring. Yeah, 2007, it was in the spring. That's May. It could still get hot then as well over in Virginia. The fall race in 2008 was rained out. Um, that was the race. You had Jimmy and Tony battling out for the race win. Tony visibly upset on the in-car camera after he got beat by Jimmy. But I think a lot of people forget about that race. I I remember this. David Ruderman went out there and, like, he led a bunch of laps in the 44 UPS car. Like, Ruderman, that was man, out of what, the blue. <laughs> what,
1: what could have been if he was a good ride younger because we saw some flashes from him that's for sure
0: you did especially with rodney Childers helping him up on the pit box too that uh that team could have been something but i think that race next week it's it could be different you know i'm not saying it's going to be more racy than richmond has been but it could be different we'll definitely talk about that next week um but i think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Bernie Breakdown. Can't wait for all the racing that we are going to see at Michigan this week. Should be fun. And as always, guys, thanks for listening. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Birdie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.